Welcome to another Always Be Booked Cruise Flash. Hey guys, welcome to the second ever Cruise Flash. That's right, the purpose of the Cruise Flash is to quick hit you guys with a little bit of a stream of consciousness that's going to come at you not like a full episode. No cruise news, no mail, just me being able to hopefully connect with you guys on a more regular basis in the form of these smaller, sometimes 5 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, who knows how long they're going to be, but they're cruise flashes. They're not a high level of prep, but like I said, there's a little bit more. Now, I told you guys I was going to start blogging, and that's exactly what I did do. So I have a couple of blogs in the pipe, and I have a couple that I put up there already. One I recently finished was five, uh, I guess what would you call them, five activities that you might want to skip on a cruise ship. Now, again, this is my opinion. Now, what I did was write it all down. The problem is is that as I'm writing it down, I'm saying to myself, am I burning material, as comedians would say? Uh, This is really something that would be probably great for what is my main and most effective, in my opinion, means to get the messages out to you guys that I want to get out is through my voice, through the podcast, through you hearing my enthusiasm and uh, kind of coming at you through the microphone into your headphones. I do want to start writing. I do want to increase some traffic to the website, but I also can't do it all. So I can't have the podcast. I can't have the, you know, which is sometimes up to two hours. I can't have the uh, blogs that are sometimes a thousand words, hopefully will be a thousand words, and then do these little cruise flashes. So what I decided to do on an experimental basis, because this is a fluid thing, this whole thing is fluid, we're still trying to figure out the best way to make this stuff happen and the best way to bring you guys content. But what I am going to do in this case, and probably most cases for a while, is to give you the blog via audio and that was actually after it was decided that was even request by my buddy Beatrix on the Facebook group and she neglected to see that I had already said I am going to do an actual word-for-word verbatim version of this blog on the always be booked cruise flash so without further ado I'm gonna get right into it and hopefully we're not gonna have our sensitive pants on with this again it's uh irony it's jest it's funny I do mean this stuff I really do think these f- things are skippable things in my opinion and uh well you know some of you may get a little offended at the approach I take to it especially and particularly if any of these events are close to your heart but you know kind of realize it's in the name of performance kind of a little bit in the name of comedy so hang in there and uh let's get it going so here's the blog while you would likely have to waterboard me to consider a land vacation over even the most basic cruise there are many things on board that i categorize as forgettable even though some of these activities are popular amongst many cruisers and often featured by the cruise lines my and yes my remember my opinion is that these are very skippable and rarely live up to the height Uh, If the following activities are amongst those you treasure, then let's just politely and amicably agree to disagree. And of course, stay at opposite ends of the damn ship. Okay, leading it off. Now, you'll want to avoid this thing called the muster station safety drill at all costs. There is absolutely no reason to attend this overrated 
I'm kidding. Of course, you must attend the safety drill on day one of your cruise. They don't like producing it any more than we like being forced to attend. You may notice that with most ships in the Caribbean being predominantly American, they utilize the mostly English-speaking theater performers to direct traffic. And we know damn well they don't like to do real people work, do they? To them, we are just a bunch of cones that are obstacles in the way of getting wherever they want to go and whatever they'd rather be doing. When they're below deck, they actually refer to us as cones. Some of you may be offended by that, but to me, as a person who can relate to sometimes being annoyed with dealing with people at my job, it is refreshing and worthy of the newfound respect that I have for them. Anyway, seriously, don't skip the muster drill. I heard they will find you nowadays. All right, so now for the real list. Number one, bingo. This one baffles me because it's clearly a way to occupy lots of time for very little reward while offering you zero of what you are really on board for, which is ultimately the sun and the sea. This robotic waste of time and beer money gives you the chance to get some onboard credit or maybe even some of the questionable gold that they couldn't get rid of on the previous cruise. Don't get me wrong. With all the hoopla surrounding the bingo craze on board, I've taken the time to at least see what all the fuss is about. My experience has been that this is one of the greatest profit margin initiatives cruise lines have ever introduced. The typical bingo event takes place in the ship's main auditorium so as to accommodate the highest number of suckers, <clears throat> sorry, I mean contestants, please, Take a joke, bingo aficionados. A charismatic member of the entertainment staff then takes to the mic and invites you to come up and grab your card in exchange for the $20 donation you will almost certainly never see again. Out of the few hundred contestants, approximately only four to six of them are not better served to having taken their cash and thrown it directly into the wild blue yonder. Yet still... The game goes on. This is not a test of skill. This is not a battle of wits. This is not even a challenge to examine your knowledge of useless information. It's a contest that requires you to sit quietly, which much of the Carnival slash Norwegian Cruise Line crowd chooses to completely ignore, and wait for the letters and numbers to be called. Not exactly exhilarating. And then it ends. And the theater clears out to a bunch of rumblings of, oh, well... We'll get better next time, or we'll do better next time. Uh, I mean, come on, bingo fans, tell me I'm wrong. Out of a seven-day cruise, you get approximately 94 hours of sunlight. And that right there is two you will not get back. Number two, the art auction. And I have a quote. This shall be my life's masterpiece. I will pour my heart, my tears, my years of emotion, and all my expensive education into this painting. So that one day, one great day, it can be sold to Joan from Oklahoma on the Norwegian Dawn. Said by no artist ever. Okay, full disclosure, I am not an art collector. But if I were, I would have to say that I would most definitely curate my collection through means of much more distinction than a fire sale of what didn't sell on the last cruise because I was rushed into a decision under the influence of a complimentary glass of screw-top champagne. You know the champagne I'm talking about. I'm talking about the level of champagne that makes the free New Year's Eve toast champagne that I offer at my Midtown Irish pub seem like Dom Perignon. 
What is the next step after you make this hasty purchase? Do they wrap it up and give it to you on the final day? The only thing I can think of to make my debarkation day worse is to have to lumber through the long custom lines with my new printed piece by an artist whose name I just learned on the third C-Day strapped to my back. As if the 16 hot sauces, 11 shot glasses, and the already broken wooden sailboat I bought from somebody in St. Thomas weren't enough to add to my already overpacked luggage. Forgive me if now there's an easier way to get off the ship and I'm mistaken. Perhaps you're thinking of buying art at sea because nowadays they send it directly to you fast and easy like Amazon does. Maybe that's the route to go. Or maybe you can just buy it for half the price. With a million times the selection and convenience on, say, I don't know, Amazon? Alright, here's number three, and it's an important one. Avoid the port guide to shopping seminar like the plague. When you walk into this collusive catastrophe at sea, you are immediately greeted with the line, My name is so-and-so, and I am lucky enough to say, I shop for a living. Who was working on the script for this presentation and thought that would be endearing? This is approximately one hour of some empty suit or skirt with an expensive hairdo telling you how and why you should give all your money to Diamonds International. They will tell you why they are a trusted vendor, how reliable, honest, and genuine they are, and how convenient they are at each major port you visit. The only thing they leave out is the blood money that comes back to the cruise line in exchange for forcing you to sit through this real-life QV at sea episode. Hopefully you saw what I did there. They will also give you some story about how much you are supporting the local employment rate by wandering around this international New World Order operation. As if the guy behind the counter at $6 an hour selling you six-figure blood diamonds is more of a help to the economy than buying something handmade by a 70-year-old guy that's three-tenths down. Well... Maybe it is, but that's not the point. If you want to walk into Diamonds International and piss away a semester and a half of Little Timmy's College Fund, you have every right. Just please don't sit through this 60-minute mind control exercise when you could be at a C-Day brunch. And I got a question. What the hell is Tanzanite anyway? And we are moving along to number four. Do not go to a slot machine tournament. This might be even worse than bingo. Let me explain something. If I'm going to spend over an hour in the absolute smelliest room on the ship, I am going to be pissing away some real money. I refuse to be surrounded by oxygen tanks and Kent 100 breath, depleting my change bank one nickel at a time. Do you know the odds of hitting a jackpot on a slot machine? It's about the same as going on a carnival cruise and not hearing the wobble. And what's the point of a slot tournament anyway? Are certain people better than others at this? Hey, Bob, check out that pull by Gertrude. At a spry 184 years old and on her 17th back-to-back cruise, that left arm is a game-changer. She almost hit for the $49 jackpot back in 61 on Royal Caribbean's Dialysis of the Seas. If you're going to blow away your life savings, do it with dignity and head over to the blackjack table, split your sixes, and then double down on your 16s against the dealer's ace like a real degenerate moron. Stop wasting people's time with all this take turns and pull the lever BS. Alright, now it's time for the fifth and final, the grand finale, the last forgettable item that I'm reporting on on any cruise is the final night goodbye show. Okay, 
So I have about 12 hours left on this gorgeous ship, and my glorious vacation will gradually draw to a merciless halt with the rising of tomorrow's sun. Do I really need a bittersweet reminder of this tearful moment? Especially if you have the drink package and you want to deliver that final one-two combination to your liver that you know it deserves, thus assuring yourself you've gotten your money's worth. Truthfully, I've been to a few, and the show is actually not that bad. But as I sit in that glorified bingo hall and listen to each and every officer and entertainment staffer sing goodbye songs to me, my half-lucid mind is already picturing us being home freezing our asses off next to a fellow commuter on the downtown 6 train. And why would I want to put my half-lucid mind through that any sooner than I need to? To piggyback that, please, for the love of everything, stay off that damn channel that tells you how to pack your bag and disembark. Don't worry about it. You can rest assured they will get you off the ship. And if you wait longer than everyone else to leave, you will begrudgingly commence your hungover death march back into reality without having to wait in that six-mile line through customs. And just a random question. Why is your luggage always twice as heavy getting off the ship than it is getting on? Yeah, I know about the souvenirs, but I'm sure I could have left two-thirds of my wardrobe on Grand Turk, and I still would have the same perception. Getting back to the point, all this misery is directly associated with the emotion you get when you are sitting through that grand finale production that should be named, Get Off Our Damn Ship So We Can Get Ready For The New Cones. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and that was an Always Be Booked Cruise Flash. This has been an Always Be Booked Cruise Flash.